right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. I'm telling you, man, the easiest way, whether you're doing just general maintenance, repair work, collision work, they got you covered. It's car parts dropped right to your front door, back door, shop door, garage door, wherever you get your parts. They'll drop them right there. Man, I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I'm fired up for today. It's such a odd topic to be kind of like interesting, man. And we got the guy. We got the guru on this topic. The Einstein of additives, bro. The Einstein of additives. Kapow! <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, we're talking about lube and oil and everything that keeps all your cool machinery uh, running tip-top, man. And I'm talking about mileage, friction, you know, fuel economy, just a total performance. And all of us guys that are out there racing, uh, this guy has it covered. And, and you think, man, it's such a... A simple subject you know oil you put it in there or whatever but uh yeah from a distance but so is is cooking you know like i'm not the cook in my family um but man you put me down in front of like chopped and you know and you got these guys battling it out and they're you know working all these different ingredients and stuff and like you know it becomes quite interesting when you look at breaking oil down in that sort of fashion man because oil itself just the base stock is you know pretty mundane but it's all these different ingredients that you put in there that you make the souffle you make the this you make the that like that turns it into something really tasty and delicious other than just plain old flour you know you add the sugar you add the butter you add all the other yummies in there right i always tell people to think i'm a bad cook they obviously never tried my cereal really good at that uh i come from a long line of people that's not good uh in the kitchen we my mom used to cook on a rare occasion and we would pray after the meal that's how bad of a cook she was it, it, it was awful um so hey i will tell you man chris is one of those guys that you could just you could throw him a lob and, and he just crushes it. he takes you on a ride but he's really great at explaining it i've had him on the radio before on my garage show and uh it's really interesting because man he can make oil right whether it's you know the viscosity, lubricity, uh, shear strength, film strength, anything you want to talk about, uh, why an oil breaks down, how you can keep it clean for life, how filtration is the ultimate key, how you can put in certain additives and keep the longevity of your oil uh, as long as you want. Like he truly is a, a, a chemist, you know. And when it comes to oil, especially nowadays, 
with what's going on with additives, the price of additives are going up. So I'd be really interested to pick his brain uh, just about what they're doing at Hot Shots Secret that, man, is allowing them to break world records, right? Because that's what they're doing. They're smashing uh, old world records uh, to get longevity, to get all the friction, you know, protection that he's, he's putting in these items. It really is, man, it is signature to what he's been able to do uh, and really unique for us as a consumer on this end to, to watch his stuff get proven over and over again. Yeah, what I really love talking about with Chris is uh, there's so many bottle products that you can buy. Uh, and, and you just you kind of wonder what kind of voodoo is going on and what's really in there. And what I always enjoy with Chris is, uh, dude, he'll break it down. He'll break down every ingredient. He is the top chef, right? He knows how to blend, how to make, uh, and what everything does in there and, and what kind of volumes and stuff that you should add in there. Uh, and in a lot of cases, he's trying to fix problems. Known problems, stuck injectors, turbos that coke up, et cetera, uh, transmissions that don't shift right. And there's, you know, there's basic chemical and, and mechanical functions that are in there getting kind of bound up and whatever by oil breakdown or whatever it is. Uh, and, and he's got the right chemistry to go in there and, and not only kind of solve that problem, break it down, get things moving and operating like they were supposed to, and then protect and treat for the long run. So it's, it's, it's cool to get the real scoop, the real science, uh, straight from the man. Then you know just these kind of markety, you know, hand wavy advertising for different, uh, you know, uh, magic elixirs in bottles. Uh, this yeah, is the right, real right. science, man. And he's he's out there proving it week after week in the racetrack, uh, and you know, fixing the problems that we all have with you know diesel trucks and other things. That um, man, it's great to have a guy that's helping us out and this is cool to have him on he, he does for the oil industry what my metamucil did for my stepdad I, I, i'll just put it like that it, it was uh it's very interesting what what he does he definitely gets things moving uh so here's what we're gonna do. we're gonna take a break <laughs> we're gonna come back we'll have chris uh, on kevin bird willie b we're back it's just been on two guys garage podcast i love it <laughs> It is a Two Guys Right podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie P. And man, Fired Up is presented by CarParts.com. This is the easiest, simplest way to get parts. Just parts, every part you need. It doesn't matter if it's for a new car. If you're at a fender bender, you're doing some collision work, general maintenance work, you know, tune-up parts, or you got something like me. You got a couple of muscle cars. You're looking for performance parts. You're looking for, you know, a wicked, badass radiator, you know, with the fans and shroud incorporated in it, or a painless wiring kit or anything like that they really are surprising what they have on the performance side yeah man the interface is so simple just get on you know carparts.com year make model guys you know how this works you know your vehicle you can select whatever you want click the button it's on the way to your door how much time and money you're gonna save dude it's awesome oh man easier than your wife asking what color her eyes are um so here's the deal chris Beltrek, he he's one of our this guy has been with us. I, I, I think the first season I was on Two Guys, he showed up down in Florida. He's been with us, and we've had him on the show, uh, his company, Hot Shots Secret, for a, a number of years. And it's always super just informative, knowledgeable. You learn something every time we talk to this guy. So I'm really fired up to have him back on with us. Uh, and I know, Kevin, you are because you're going to do all of his stuff on the show. So uh, even for you as a guy way up in the layers of this, 
you feel like every time we talk with Chris, there's something to be learned, something new discovery, something he's working on. It's kind of cool. Every time. And there's no five minute conversation with Chris, because when you get a guy that has that much information that is so hard to get from anywhere else, right. you know, and, he, and like you said earlier, he, he, he presents it in such a, you know, a, a way that you can wrap your brain around it and, and really understand it. Um, Everything turns into 45 minutes or an hour. You He's know, like, been doing it for a minute, man. Chris, how, how long have you been working in the oil lubrication, the additive industry? How long have you been a part of that? Since 1997. So was that like 25 years? You would think 1897, because not that you look a day over 30, but I'm just saying, you know everything there is in the game. <laughs> I don't. There's lots to learn. It's a big field. Trust me. I, I know our area. I, I specialize in you know the, the diesel area and on, on what we're doing. And you, you mentioned about the, the oil molecules and the different base oils, and it can be boring. But you know today, with the new technology that's out there for building reactors, so reactors where they take, you know, different gases and things and they put them in under pressure and temperature, and then they reintroduce new gases and they come up with new molecules. Um, so they, that's what, that's how we create our group five esters. There's so many, there's thousands of new molecules out there that have really unique properties. They, they haven't even begun to test all the different things that can be done with them. So that's like a full-time job for us is we're, we're grabbing a lot of these new technologies and testing them to see where the winds are, where's the losses, what synergies there are. Um, you know, that and then nanoparticles are the big thing now also, you know, being able to down to such a small size. Um, you know, if you think about a nano, you know, a lot of our molecules that we're working with are like three to nine nanos, which is about the size of human DNA. You know, you're looking on the inside of an engine and you're looking at, um, you know, it could look mirror finish, but when you look under a microscope, it's got these asperities and looks like the Rocky Mountains, you know. So when you're talking about nanos, these things are so tiny, they're going in there and putting, you know, the little BBs along the road, or it could be, you know, if it's a tungsten disulfide, it looks like an onion where it wants to open up and roll out. And then there's, there's ones that have like nanotubes, graphite tubes. So there's so many different ways you can go about it. Now you start taking those and mixing them with these new molecules that are available that they're building in these reactors. It's like, wow, now we're getting triple, quadruple, sometimes 20 times the results from it. And that's that's why we're able to bring a lot of this to the market and do things that we didn't even know we can do before. So it's 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 a really exciting field to be in right now. I mean, already he's got me excited about, you know, things I normally wouldn't be. I'm like, so wh where does where does that end up? Where's where does that take us 5, 10, 15 years out? Are we going to be able to to have oils that last forever? Are we going to have protection that lasts you know, for years instead of 3,000, 5,000 miles? So as just as far as like making a prediction, I think that, you know, we should be able to get to the point within 10 years to have a fill for life oil and an engine that is virtually last forever. I and mean, we, we can almost eliminate all the wear inside the engine today. Now, it, it takes a little bit of work. I mean, it's not everyday off the shelf technology, but we, we could. Um, and then I think you're going to see like your fuel economy go up. I would love, I would love to see us be able to double the amount of fuel economy that we can get today. So, you know, if, if an engine, Kevin knows what's an engine, like 30% efficient as far as the, the energy transfer. Yeah. They're in the upper thirties. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's a lot of room to improve there. You know I mean? If you can get up to a 60% efficient engine, you're talking about, you know, 50, 60 mile per gallon cars, 20, 30 mile per gallon semi trucks, you know, and that doesn't, 
theoretically, it's not inconceivable. So what we're working on is both sides of the equation. You know, if you think about it, you got your oil, you got all the friction going on inside the engine. So what can we do to affect change there? And then on the flip side, we're working on the fuel. What can we do to chemically alter this fuel so that it burns hotter, cooler, and cleaner? You know, everybody's about greenhouse gases. We want the least amount of that that we could possibly get to. But I, I really believe that, you know, that we could see in our lifetime, you know, a car that lasts, you know, 600,000 miles before it needs an oil change or an engine change, and it gets 50, 60, 70 miles per gallon. I mean, I think we can do that. Well, if you think about just uh, from the outside perspective, you know, Willie, we go back, you know, to when we were first hot rodders and you'd put straight weight oil in, you know, we're making 400 horsepower and you thought you were the king, you know, like now and then you, you kind of start getting into those blends of 2050s and 2030s, you know, and, and you know, oils now are kind of in the 530, 520, you know, they're even 020s coming and starting to see OEs getting into maybe the 016 weight oil, like it's becoming like water. Uh, and, and some of it's a little bit of design in the engine, designing around the water. But I, I assume there's just a, a lot more science in that oil to keep the film strength and everything else. So that thinner oil is, is you know, potentially adding uh, efficiency to the engine, right? It's not so thick. You're not yeah, trying to yeah. churn it and pump it and push it and drag it. Yeah, that, that used to be the thing, right? Put 50 weighted race car engines or something like that. And you realize, hey, man, I got to get oil at the top of the engine. I got to get it circulating. I got to get protection. You know, thicker oil just doesn't do that. It doesn't move like that. Um, and, you know, when you look at some of those lighter viscosities, it, it really is amazing. They could give you all that protection, right? But still pour like, well, like like milk, you know, it's like it really does. Well, and look at oil change life. I mean, some of that's oil consumption. So they're getting better at engines not ingesting oil so that you don't you know run dry between an oil change but um you know some of it's the i'm sure chris can elaborate but probably you know some of the additives in there that are probably lasting longer and and you know keeping the engine from corroding from you know the detergents that are in there and all the nasty stuff because you get a lot of combustion gases that uh create horrible chemistry in the crankcase uh you think you just pour oil in there but of course we all know when we drain it it's black you know, so there's all kinds of stuff in there that the oil's trying to, you know, fight and, and handle from particles and dirt and soot to, you know, just the bad chemistry and keep from corroding and frothing and all that other kind of bad juju going on. So the detergents is what, you know, the increase in the amount, the, the quality of the detergents available and the additives. So you're you're bouncing on a bunch of things here. You're talking about, you know, the hydrodynamic strength of the oil. That's your 50 weight oil. You know, the thicker it is, the more you're going to have there. But then your, your boundary lubrication that when you get started, that's what we're trying to do. And that's where all the, not all of them, but a lot of the advances have been made in the additive technology. So I think now we're able to actually affect the boundary lubrication with additives, which has never been done before. Um, with some of our nanotechnology and some of these new molecules that we're making, that we're having made for us exclusively for Hotshot Secret, we were able to take a, a Ford Escape that had 187,000 miles on it, and we put a 0W8 weight. We blended ourselves and put it in there and ran it for 30,000 miles. Now, you know, we were just thinking that the engine would blow at some point. The oil analysis came back like fine. There was no problem. It never burned any oil. You would think with 187,000 miles on it, you'd be, you know, zero W8 weight would be going past the rings and burning up, but it was fine. I mean, the car's still on the road today. We changed oil out 
did oil analysis, scoped the inside, it was fine. So it's, I think we're coming a long way with the technology. There's a lot of options that are gonna be available soon. Willie, zero W8, man. I mean, we should run straight 40, straight 50. What the hell is that? Zero W8? Come on, what are you, what are you putting that in? Zero that's, W8. That's a, yeah, it was thin. Isn't that crazy, man? I mean, that's the science that's going in. And, you know, if you go back again to cooking, uh, think about those cooking shows. You know, they got a little kitchen full of ingredients. All the different things that they can make by combining the different kinds of ingredients and how they cook them and blend them and all that stuff. Uh, and again, it takes, you know, it takes the master chef to figure out, as you mentioned, with all these new uh, molecules and components that we can we can generate, uh, what we want them to do, how they're going to go in there. Uh, and again, man, I'm talking like a, an, an idiot over here just with this very outside cursory understanding. But, you know, again, you can have, you know, polarization in molecules. So you can get, you know, uh, protection to adhere to the metal components. You can get, uh, I don't know what dispersants is that when they kind of uh, attract around, a, 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 let's say, a dirt particle or soot particle or something. So it kind of creates a little barrier. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing the things that are going on and that we have no clue about as outside dummies, you know? Right, right. Well, you know, even the scientific community, to be you know honest about it, they don't understand a lot of it also. I mean, we deal with some high-level people from high-level companies, and they're, you know, they'll tell you, you know, we know this is what it does. We're not really quite sure how it does that. And it's it's very similar to the medical field. You know, they know... They know that people get high blood pressure. They know how to treat it. But the medical community doesn't really know what causes high blood pressure. Uh, it's 2021. Ask your doctor. I didn't believe it. I asked my doctor. I said, is it true that we don't even know what causes high blood pressure? Because now <laughs> we don't really know. He said, but a lot of times <laughs> it is with these molecules. You know, we'll, we'll talk to different companies all over the world. And they'll say, this is what we've been able to observe. So we'll go back and we try to break it down. And then we, we run through a lot of... Um, Oh, I don't want to say wasted tests because we're learning from it, but that's one of the one of the unique properties that we have is we're so curious about things and we've got the the ability to just run tests to see what will happen. Where I think bigger companies are on a tighter budget or uh, that the expectation is you got to come up with so much money for the profits for this quarter. So we'll just take stuff and try it. Hey, let's see what happens if we put this in a Ford Escape. You know, with, you know, we know it's work, so let's try it. And we'll do things like that. Um, we do lose some engines sometimes. I mean, it's not. A customer's engine but we you know we've lost things before but it's it's a learning experience hey man coming from a guy who, who does engines all day i don't even want to talk about how many engines you lose it's part of the learning curve right i mean you, right. you do the uh the csi or the autopsy afterward and you go oh man you know like yeah it's just um, this far off <laughs> yeah so we're you know we're constantly looking to be um ahead of everybody else because that's I mean, first of all, it's just what we like doing, you know, as, as a culture of the company, when we're trying to decide, you know, as we're growing, what are we going to do? How are we going to grow? We're going to grow in this area, that area. Well, after some serious soul searching and talking to our employees, you know, we decided we really don't care that much about how many bottles came off the line. You know, what we really like are the stories from our customers. We like coming up with new technology, solving really big problems that nobody else could. So we've tried to you know, really focus on um, problem specific solutions and just things that are outside the box. So that just really puts a lot of um, research and development into the budget. I mean, we, we spend enormous amounts of money on, on R&D for a company our size, but we're always coming up with new ideas. And then those lead to other ideas. And even those mistakes lead to, you know, some good ideas. So we, we just decide that, you know, if we're going to do this the rest of our life, we might as well do what we like doing. 
and that's what we like doing. So we just keep working on it. So it's, it's yeah, a- man, what a fun place to uh, play around in. Here I am worried I'm not saving enough money for retirement alcohol. Uh, I didn't come work for you. Um, it's uh, it's got to be a cool learning curve, cool to watch and see where that next level takes you, right? Because you know, behind that technology and that testing is you know hopefully a a great product sometimes it's not sometimes it opens the doors to a whole new avenue or a a means you probably weren't even thinking about for protection and and such it's uh like i said it's really interesting it's it's just amazing what you've been able to do you guys need to check it out hot shots secret we got to take a break right now he's going to tell us about more of these developments and where the company is going here in just a minute it's two guys garage podcast he is kevin bird i am willie b we're back in just a second It is Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. The easiest way to get parts dropped right to your door. Collision repair, general maintenance. What are you using them for, Bird? Everything, man. Everything. Man, you want to upgrade your brakes. You want accessories for your off-road rig. Man, it doesn't matter. Cool parts for your old ride. God, these guys have it all in at great prices. Uh, yeah, man. Simple to use. CarParts.com. Get the mobile experience. Check it out today. We have Chris, our buddy from Hot Shot Secret. He's been in the added game for, God, man, for a long time, mid-90s. He was telling us a little bit earlier. But what he's been able to do is take that next sort of evolutionary step when it comes to additives, when it comes to, you know, just what performance you're getting out of your oil, which is, you know, kind of a way you probably think about it because a lot of people think about performance coming out of their engine, but really performance comes from, you know, your oil, your additives, the protection it gives you, being able to really lean and push on that engine and and hopefully it holding up within all those, you know, the the crazy conditions in which that's living in. Well, if you think about it, take the oil out of your engine and see how long it goes. I mean, maybe minutes, you know, everything will just seize up, maybe seconds, it'll seize up. So oil is definitely keeping these things running strong and, and the ingredients inside are, are so critical and you think... I don't know, man, it's just oil, it's slippery, it feels good. But, you know, there's a big difference between, you know, whatever, Top Chef and picking up something at McDonald's. Yeah, you can eat fast food every day. And technically, yeah, that's your oil, man. That's what you're living on. But, you know, eventually it's going to stack up on you. Hey, Uh, so Chris, Kevin, you'll appreciate this. One time I did just what you mentioned. I drained the oil out of a car. It was a Ford Escort. It had like 200 plus thousand miles on it. And I filled it full of pancake syrup. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I just did laps in front of the uh, station that I work at for like 40 minutes, man. That thing went. I did. I, I called it the uh, Aunt Jemima 400. I did 400 laps around the front circle. And it, it died a couple times. Got it lit back off. Still still making the trip. Everything smelled like pancake syrup. Uh-huh. I put Bisquick down in the oil, and then you pulled out the dipstick, and the whole thing was pancake batter. Like, the whole thing. It was awesome. It smelled like pancakes at breakfast. Oh, I want some delicious. biscuits. Just pop a couple out the tailpipe. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Uh, it, it, hey, it held together for a minute, and I just pinned it on the rev limiter, and it finally seized up. But yeah, you know, it, it does live in a really nasty environment. And, you know, that load, the, you know, the force on the engine, the heat, uh, where you're dispersing the heat, where you're, you know, having to fight it, it's probably all things you got to think about, Chris, you know, especially when you're finding ways to beat it, problems to solve. Well, and, that, and that's the, the challenge in the whole game. 
you know, every time you add an additive, you could be taken away from something else. So you're looking for, you know, that perfect synergy. And, you know, it, it doesn't take it doesn't take a lot to move the needle, but you just always have to make sure you're not doing more harm somewhere else. You know, one of the molecules that we use in the um, FR3 and in the stiction eliminator, you know, we, we're seeing such great results from it. And we started wondering, man, this couldn't be doing that much great stuff because it was off the charts. Well, what we found is it was having a, a real synergistic effect with the zinc. So it wasn't just what we were doing, it was also dragging the other additives in and making them work harder. So we were getting even a, you know, like a quadrupling effect from it. So it's, it's, it's hard to figure all that out, but eventually we do. Is bringing the level of all the other additives up? It was it was Tom Brady and the other additives. <laughs> Tom Brady, that's what we should name it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, now, Chris, you were talking on the break on on some of the things, uh, problems that you're solving right now. Is that some things that you can share with uh, some of our listeners? Sure. You know, the active fuel management systems on, on some of the cars where they shut half the cylinders off and they don't need that much power. Um, you know, they, it's a great idea to say fuel and to, you know, say greenhouse gas. And yeah. Displacement on demand or variable displacement. Yeah. Right, right. Number of different names for it. Yeah. So tell us what's going on in that space. Cause I know there's been a lot of warranty type issues and I know a lot of LS guys just try to, first thing they can do is, is kind of ditch that out. and yeah, pull it out and delete the whole system and go back to standard, you know, tappets and full V8 mode. So what are you seeing on your end? Well, part of the problem, and this comes from our customers, that's one of the reasons that we want to stay really close to our customer base. You know, a lot of companies, when they get into our position, they just go directly retail and then they, you know, that's all they do. So we, we've tried to stay, you know, we have a really active website, Hotshot Seeker with a form, and then we have dealer distributors, uh, but we want to stay hand to hand with the customer because that's where we get our best, our, our best intel. So a lot of customers were telling about those systems, telling us that they were having problems with those engines. And we thought about it and, you know, the one half of those cylinders shuts down, all that oil is just kind of stuck there. It's not pumping through and it just gets heated up and gets built up stiction and kind of gets caked on there. So we started using um, stiction eliminator that we use in our diesel engines. We started treating the gas engines with it. And so far we've had like a hundred percent success rate at curing that problem. Now it's obviously not a scientific test yet, but it was just a hands-on you know, these folks were going to lose their engine anyway, so they had nothing to lose. They're like, yeah, I'll try it, you know. So now the next step is we'll take the stiction eliminator, we'll go to a user group, you know, find maybe a thousand people that were having that problem and send out free samples and then get reports back and then try to build on that, maybe get a tech bulletin written for it or something along those lines, um, do more R&D with it. So it's exciting. I mean, when you when you find that, you know, you could solve, I don't know how much it costs to replace an engine or to fix that, but, you know, we're a lot. Too much. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> we were talking about like a $15 cure. So, you know, that's that's what we love. You know, the, the original oh. product, the first product we made was a stiction eliminator. It was for Navistar. And that was a, a $3,000 injector job. They had to replace the injectors. It was three grand. We were able to fix that on those four trucks for 50 bucks. So it was a really good value statement. And, you know, since then, we've gone back over and over again, trying to, you know, repeat that and find those types of areas that we can really affect change um, you know, for, for a reasonable amount of money. Now with this big craze in, in camping and, and RVs, you guys have kind of focused a little bit of attention in, in that space recently, right? Yep. So we, we dug into, we started this about a year ago, even before the camping was, was in full tilt, but we eventually what we would like to do for the company, we want to come up with a, a complete line for every area, you know, ATVs, motorcycles, generators, um, marine, but RV was the first one to come up. 
So we looked at the, the RV life, the RV lifestyle and said, okay, what's unique to an RV that standard additives would fall short? Um, you know, an RV sitting in a barn or sitting in an RV shed for six months, maybe a year, that's one thing. So we, we tried to address all the different issues that would be associated with that. We, we came up with a gas, the RV gasoline additive. You know, we've got a really strong dose of detergent. You know, we use PEAs in there. But on top of that, we also put a lot of stabilizer. Um, the idea was we want to be able to stabilize the gasoline for two years. So if somebody doesn't get a chance to go camping, um, you know, they're not going to come in and have a lot of injector issues or varnish inside there from bad gasoline. The engine oil, most people are going to get that. They're going to drive it like a thousand miles and then they're going to park it, you know? So you're thinking, oh, I've only got a thousand miles on this oil. I don't need to change it. Well, you've already started, you've started to create acid in there because you've got that acid production going on with the combustion process. So we, we put together an additive that would not just reduce the wear in the engine, but also fight the acid. And it has a lot of detergent for that purpose, um, but also reduces the wear by 50%. And as you know, changing an engine in a truck is a really difficult thing, but changing an engine out in an RV is- It's a nightmare. Oh yeah, you got, you got to take the whole box off. So we, we wanted to reduce the wear so that nobody would ever have to replace their engine. Um, the transmissions are under extreme amounts of, of pressure, especially if it's a if it's a gas engine. And there's a lot of gas RVs out there. Um, it just seems like going up a mountain is extremely strenuous. <laughs> those engines just scream trying to get up those mountains, you know? Oh, you put a hurting on it. Well, they scream, they run extre extremely high RPMs and they get hot. So, you know, the transmission... Um, product that we came up with with the RVs not only makes them shift better, but it cools the temperature down by about 15 degrees. And it, it, it does seem like it, I don't know if it's giving you more power or if it's making the shifting sequence better to where it feels like you have more power. So when I'm driving RVs, a lot of times, especially a gas RV, you know, it gets up into that area where it wants to keep ticking between four and three, and it really can't make up its mind. You know, if it's, if it's a four speed transmission. So it's, you know, it's constantly going back and forth and just can't, get enough power to stay in four or um, to drop down into three. So this seems to have solved that problem because we've gotten. Wait, is this a Ford? Are you, yeah. are you describing a Ford right now? It's a Ford, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying, got it, got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any, anywhere you can get a dick. <laughs> it's a gas. It's going to be a Ford. The Ford V10 is a, you know, it's a monster as far as gas, you know, horsepower goes. I don't know. The, I don't even, yeah, I mean, it's a monster. Well, I mean, if you think about it, we're, we're looking at 26 to 30,000 pounds, sometimes 36,000 pounds. With a gas engine, that's a lot. I mean, yeah, let me see you do that with your little wimpy Mopar. Will. Put any engine. I mean, <laughs> if, if you put a nice big diesel pusher in there, I mean, a, you know, a common oh. engine, that's great. But a lot of people don't have the money for that. And some people just don't like diesels. You know, they just don't, you know, they haven't grown up with them. They're not used to them. They don't want it. You know, they want a gas engine, which is fine. I mean, so we're trying to come up with solutions to make the camping experience a little bit better. If you if you drove a if you drove a V10 uh, before and after treating it with all three products, you would you would notice such a difference that you would wonder if you changed the engine out. That's how much difference there is. Um, and then, of course, we're lowering the wear inside, making it last so much longer, which is always a good thing. Yeah. So on the transmission side, on the shifts, are you you think you're affecting in the valve body more or in the clutch packs or or where in there do you think you're you're sort of improving the whole function? Boy, I really wish I knew. You'd think it's my, and after all that buildup you gave me, now I feel like an idiot. I don't know. I think well, hey, man, you're the lube guy. It doesn't mean you're a transmission guy. Correct. Because, you know, I'm a transmission dummy. I 
kind of know how they work and have torn them apart, but don't make me put it together right every time. There's, there's a couple things that I think is going on. And, and when I say we debate this, I mean, with our, we have uh, six people in R&D lab and we, we've debated this back and forth. Everybody's got their opinion on what's happening. But one of the things that I think is happening is that the, the group, the group by Vester that we're using in there is pulling a lot of the oil that might not be flowing around well. It's pulling it into the mix. On top of that, I think we're cleaning up some of those microsurfaces so much that things are moving around a lot faster. So the reason I feel that way is a, a couple of things that I've noticed. Um, there's almost always a 15 degree drop in temperature and it happens within like 10 minutes. So it's not a matter of you've reduced the friction. It's we've dispersed the heat better. So where did it go? So what in my mind, what I was thinking is, you know, let's say um, 80% of that oil is flowing through there and 20% of it's hanging out, not moving as quickly. Maybe we're drawing all that in with those additives and that cooler oil and it's causing it to, to move faster, more fluidly. So we're getting a better heat transfer across more, you know, liters of oil, so to speak. Um, the other thing that I noticed, I had a caller from our overnight radio program call in last week when I was on there. And he said that he had a, a matter of fact, I think it was a four truck, a pickup truck. And he had had it for like five years. And he said, because I have had this truck and I've driven it so much because I can tell you every time I hit 55 miles an hour, it starts to shimmy. Like I just get a vibration. He goes, it always goes away at around 65. And he goes, it's done it every day for as long as I can remember. He goes, I've changed the tires, looked at bearings. I've done everything I could. And he said, I bought some of the shift restore. I put it in there and he goes, I'm driving and I'm hitting 55 because I realized the shimmy went away. And he goes, what? And so he goes, so then I took my wife out and said, Am I, is this my imagination or is this gone? So I said, well, you know, maybe there was something in there, you know, that was just hanging up and it was causing like centrifugal force, just giving you a little bit of vibration that you could feel. And we were able to free that up with the esters. You know, they're, they're extremely polar. So they're going to want to go in there and coat all the metal. And if there's any varnish or anything, it's going to want to free it up. Because um, it will actually like melt the varnish away and just kind of get right onto the steel. It's like maybe just freed that up and, you know, did it. But things like that, it's incidental data. It's not, you know, under controlled set of circumstances. But you get enough of it, you start to get some gut feeling for it. It's like, okay, what's happening here? That's my best guess. Well, in engineering, you know, I was talk about triangulating on the the actual you know detailed answer and in, in, in design engineering you know the three points of that triangle might be kind of benchmarking so either you can look at what your competition's doing in that space to try to get yourself sized and shaped right or some of your past past examples the other end might be kind of analytically getting towards you know from both ends because analytical is pretty darn good but it's never the exactness and then testing Right. So you're just kind of closing in from all directions. Uh, so it's a little bit left, it's a little bit right uh, to get, you know, the exactness of the answer. And it just it just takes time. And you start from every means possible to collect the scientific data, like you said, um, and you get smarter and smarter as you go through the process. Right. You guys ever sit around with your engineers and be like, how to do that? What? Explain that. <laughs> I mean, do you ever turn around and ask them questions like, OK, how how was it able to survive or give us that efficiency or that that much protection? Like, yeah, that's got to be pretty interesting. Yeah, they always say that's a good question. You know, it's funny. One time we we were talking about draining the oil out. We decided to do a test because we felt like we were, you know, addressing film strength and that the nanocarbons that we use are coating the inside of the motor. So we bought two small, you know, 
uh, lawnmower engines and we bolted them to a bench and we put all these sensors on it, you know, the, the temperature, the vibration, all these kinds of things. And, we're, and we put regular oil in one and treated oil in the other. We ran them for about two hours. Then we drained all the oil out of both of them. And we're like, okay, let's see what happens. Oh my, you would not believe how long that engine will go without oil. You know, it, it just kept, we were, we're getting to the point where everybody was going home. It's like midnight. It's like, uh, you know, so, so then we did, like you said, we revved it up as high as it would go and eventually just overheated. And then the engine was still fine. The next day, you know, it just overheated, cooled down and started back up. It was fine. You yeah. just needed, you just needed some Aunt Jemima in there. You know, it could have gone on for, you know, I, that did not occur to me to put syrup in there. <laughs> it smells good. Uh, well, dude, we love it. It's funny. Cause you, you really are one of those guys that we could talk to uh, over and over again and learn something every single time. Tell me what you guys are going to be doing a year from now. Um, a year from now? Oh, I hope that we're introducing, you know, like additives that can make generators last three to four times longer. Um, as we moved into an international platform, we we're starting to focus on other problems. I mean, obviously up until this point, We've been 100% focused on diesel engines, and then we started getting carryover into gas, and then we started looking at RVs. But when you get into other countries, apparently generators are like their main source of, of electricity where they don't have grid like we do. So, you know, we got into Africa, we got into India, and they're like, man, if you can do anything to make these, en these generators last longer because, you know, we're replacing them every year to two years, and that's a big problem for us. So now we're focused on how can we make a generator last forever? You know, if it's running 24 seven, um, like I would really like to see us come out with a, um, a way to increase the fuel economy and lower the greenhouse gases at a much higher level. One of the things that we're testing right now are um, emulsions with diesel. Nan we have these things called nano emulsions now. So, you know, micro emulsions, and you can imagine if you use a, like a micro emulsion and diesel fuel, you get something that looks a little bit like a peanut butter milkshake, um, dropping it down to the nano sized. And we're, we're doing, we're, we're trying to approach it from about three or four different ways, which are crazy cool, but we don't have time to get into it. But the idea would be if we can get maybe 20 to 30% moisture nano locked into diesel fuel, we can still get the power out of that diesel with a third less fuel. You know, because once the once the moisture's in the in the combustion chamber, it still wants to expand because it's steam. But normally, if you get too much of that, then it creates problems. You know, corrosion and things like that. So, the goal would be to be able to get a nano emulsion into the diesel, and then overcome any drawbacks like lubricity and cetane with additives. So, you know, again, that's a like a thirty percent increase in fuel economy on a semi truck would be huge. Yeah, um, man, my God. People would really love that. So that's that's one of the things that we're hoping to have done by next year this time. Yeah, yeah. I hear all those commercials where they're like, I got 10.1 mile per gallon. And, you know, they're bragging about that, you know, on commercials. To be able to take them to a 30 would be, God, everybody down that whole chain, that supply chain would be so much better off. Well, speaking of the yeah. diesel trucks, man, we're going to have to run. But uh, give us the update on your Hotshot Secrets a uh, drag truck, man. That thing is flying. Bro, yeah. he's straight Ricky Bobby. He's They own every record there is. They get up in the morning and peace, excellence. <laughs> yeah, so we, so just two years ago, three years ago, they talked me into getting into motorsports. I think that's what's called. I, I'm a maintenance guy, which you guys know. I don't know anything about racing. <laughs> I really don't. So they kept saying, Chris, you know, the problem is everybody associates our product with snake oil because it's on the shelf without the things that are snake oil. And he says, when we got to stand 
like we got to separate ourselves and prove to the world that this is this is highly engineered chemistry. So they they talked me into doing this. So from that point, it was the smartest thing I ever did. Um, we've <laughs> been racing able, does, bro. Oh well, I mean, such good stuff has come from. We broke fourteen world records, but on top of that, we started this coalition with the racers where they're giving us all this really good feedback. So, you know, we, instead of going to a dyno and spending the day, we have racers doing dynos every day and they're reporting back to us the results. So we we pulled in this whole group of people that are really smart about their engines and understand every little piece of it. And then they're helping us to develop the next level of product. So a lot of our, matter of fact, all of our oils are, ra are racing oils. And that's where they came from is working with the racers. Um, so from that point, we, we decided to go ahead and build our own truck, the Hotshot Seeker truck with Firepunk Diesel in Plain City, Ohio. And they said they wanted to, eventually they want to beat gas records. So this year we've been able to drop down to 3.99, which we broke the four second on an eighth mile run. So apparently that's really fast because everybody was really <laughs> excited about it. They were giving each other high fives. Bro, that's some stink, man. That's straight oh, getting man. Yeah, we, we actually had... We had some race. We had we've been racing in the gas circuit with diesels, and they were beating so many people that they tried to exclude us. And they said, "You can't be here, you know, with a diesel." I'm like, well, why not? That's not in the rules. And they said, "We just, you know, it's it's not fair. You guys are beating everybody." So it's oh, it's opened up a whole new level. If you look at the if you look at the numbers on diesel racing all across the board over the last two years, and look at what they're doing now versus just 24 months ago. It's it's insane how much farther they've gone. Like our Hotshot Secret S10 goes faster than a diesel dragster. It beat the record for the diesel dragster. It's, it's nobody in a diesel engine has ever beat a four second quarter mile, eighth mile. Sorry. So well, you guys are killing it in every space you're in. So keep it up. I like the RV thing. I want to see you get into the ATV and the toys because that's where I am and the boats. Uh, I love the boat space. So. Let's see what you come out there, man, because we got similar things with RVs, but we pull them out in the summer, we have a good time, and then they sit all winter long. So let us know what you come up with, man. Keep us posted. We will bring you back and share it with the world. Uh, it is awesome what you do, and it's amazing that I can blow an hour with you at any point in time and talk about oil. And somehow at the end of it, my mind is blown. I feel smarter, uh, but melted inside a little bit you know it goes so fast i mean it just <laughs> it does man it does you know hey chris did you say that was the firepunk diesel that cummins yes they did that yep god man that white one the, the, big old white dodge diesel they don't like dodge diesels no it's a big white dodge diesel yeah. on big rip yeah man that's crazy it looks like a ordinary driven truck and that thing's cracking 399s in a yeah. in an eighth mile it's absurd Smoking. <laughs> uh, testament to what you're doing, man. Hot shot secret. Where do people find you socially? I mean, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, you know, we have our our podcast where we take questions from everybody every Thursday at at one thirty. Um, we bring different people in from the company. Our chemical engineer, our technicians. I'll go on there sometimes. I used to do it every time, but not so much now. Uh, we also have a an overnight radio program called Overnight Drive. The the midnight to five a.m. Um, you know, truckers are are yeah, overnight drive. Um, you know, we have Steve Summers. He was, he was on America's Trucking Network for 20 years. And then iHeart made a bunch of cuts. And I said, hey, we can do an overnight radio. This would be great. You know, it's right to our core people that we like talking to. So we'll, we're on there every night from, from midnight till five. And some once a month, I'll go on there and do the overnight show. About kills me because I'm dead for like three days afterwards. Because I'm staying up all night. It's not that easy to do anymore. So. 
used to be fun, but not anymore. <laughs> used to involve tequila or some other thing, you know, but uh, yeah, now, yeah, now it hurts more. There you go, man. All right, well, look, don't forget about our show. It airs weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand, a great resource to find us. Thanks to our guest, the Einstein of Additives, Chris. Check out his site, Hot Shots Secret. Uh, my man Kevin Burdine, Willie B, producer, scuba executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com, and share your thoughts with us. We're everywhere, social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Two Guys at Two Guys Garage. Now, Two Guys Garage podcast. It's a copyright, 2021 Britain Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. Yeah, man. Learned a lot, dude. Taking notes. Got things to look up and find more about. It's uh, it's always awesome talking to him, man. Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing. Uh, you know, I get through an hour and I'm like, man, I learned so much. And then there's another hour with Chris and there's more to learn and more to learn. It just never ends. It's some crazy space. My wife was talking to me and I'm thinking, man, I don't have anything ready. Well, it didn't sound like we needed that. <laughs> No, man, all you got to do is ask you one question, and we're on a roll, buddy. I love it. Great. Check out our former podcast. You know where to get them. We'll see you on our next one, you guys. Take care. Take care, guys. Two Guys Garage Podcast is produced by Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.